Welcome to Full Stack Business Owner, where we're enhancing your full stack of skills to build wealth inside and outside your business. Today, we're here with a guest, Ray Regmi, Senior Financial Advisor and Principal of Riker Capital, and we're talking all things financial planning. Now, if you want to join in on the conversation, head over to Facebook and join Full Stack Business Owner Community Group and ask any questions that you want over there. But before we get started, Charlie, let's cue your infamous disclaimer. Charlie here from Full Stack Business Owner. I need to let you know that Grant, myself, and the Full Stack Business Owner team are in no way, shape, or form qualified to give you financial advice or pick investment products. We highly encourage you seek out and engage the use of professionals when making financial decisions or comparing investment products. All right, let's dive into this one. So Ray and the Riker Capital team are actually sponsors. And Ray, like all of us, is actually a business owner himself, uh, as well as having quite a lot of business owner clients. So if anyone's going to be great to talk about these topics, it's going to be Ray. Now, I'm going to get straight into it, just like a bull out of a gate, Ray. What does a financial planner actually do for business owners? Hi, Charlie and Grant. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm super excited to be here as a business owner helping business owners build and protect wealth. My background, I've worked in financial services for over 18 years, of which I've worked 15 years in Commonwealth Bank, working uh, with small to medium business owners in the business banking team. During that time, we've helped them with a variety of different strategies there, whether it be tax strategies, investments, whether that be in the form of either shares, managed funds, super advice for the business owners, the staff providing insurance solutions for themselves and their staff, uh, estate planning issues, um, and variety of other structures. I'm so glad we're kicking it off here because this is one of the challenges I've had with working out, I suppose, what do we even do with the financial planner is you guys cover so many areas. Yes. Like that's quite a wide variety of things right there. I'd really love to know if I'm a business owner, when does one typically start engaging with a financial planner? So being there's so many things, is this something at the start of the journey? Like as soon as I register my ABN, should I be talking to a financial planner? Or is this something where I should be waiting until I'm making a substantial amount of money and then it becomes important to work out what to do with it? Charlie, great question. Look, uh, typically very early on in the pace. And the reason we say that is as soon as you start on that journey of your business, you need to ensure you've got everything lined up because you'll, you'll be required to make that 10% contribution in your super. You need to ensure that retirement planning, what that looks like, look like, looks like for yourself. Because when you're working for yourself, you think about yourself last with super contributions. It is important for business owners, as no one else is putting money in their super except for themselves. So you have a future planning well, I'll tell place. you right now, I don't know a single business owner that's neglected their super <laughs> at all. I don't think it's ever happened, right? I think, do you know what they get up and we're like, I'm a super first type of yeah. guy. Did I? Like yeah. I'll, I will write the book on super first. Like profit first? No, 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 no. Yeah. Super first. Owner's drawings? Yeah. Never <laughs> PAYG. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, the strategies. But you're uh, right, guys. Look, most business owners think of their business as retirement planning. And issues we see that is, you know, if they're not able to sell the business when they want to or they may not be worth what they're expecting. So usually uh, that what happens when there is a key man risk in the business. Or even industry changes, right? Exactly. Many business owners like are unaware that they probably won't exist yeah. when they want to retire yep. or their business won't exist. Yep. They will exist, hopefully. Yep. Um, I, I want to go deeper into that one. We're just talking about like the when in the journey. 
The next thing is like as a business owner and uh, we've often used this example on the podcast is like we know when to engage and how to engage with our account. Yeah. So you go, cool, we're going to catch up with them once a year and then maybe uh, a short meeting throughout the year to make sure things are on track for that big annual meeting, mm. so to speak. When it comes to a financial planner, how often do you frequently speak with your clients and like under what circumstances? Is it like is it at financial year as well or how do you approach it? Uh, look, there's a variety of trigger events there, Charlie. Look, um, it could be either bringing on a new employee, uh, looking at the tax strategies uh, along the uh, six every six months. Um, uh, perhaps they want to structure their insurances. And again, insurances is not a yearly thing, but they might want to uh, up their level of insurance or decrease their level of insurances, all depending on what level of debts they put on in the business and also personally. Um, and a variety of other events could be around the investment sides. It could be, um, it could also be around the um, uh, early on tax planning. I, I find this interesting, right? Because I'm going to follow my sword here. <laughs> I, I haven't used a financial planner before and I'm, because I, I just kind of didn't know where they sort of fell into that piece. So it's like the there are two parts that I kind of think of it like this, and you kind of hit the nail on the head here, which is the on one hand, a financial planner helps me on my business, whether it be business insurances, which you've mentioned, whether it be business um, sort of planning for superannuation for employees and all these things. But there's the other side, which is myself personally, which is obviously I'm not going to do estate planning for the business. I'm not going to do all these other things for the business. I care about my super, my personal tax, yep. my kind of things like that. And so I find I found that thoroughly interesting because I would lean back to going like in the businesses that I've ran and some of them being quite successful. I'm like, great, superannuation, employee, what fund? And cool, I'll just sign up online to the fund or it's the same fund I had when I was an employee 16 years ago. Uh, so superannuation, check. Insurance, great. <laughs> Public liability and professional indemnity, Check yep. who's the cheapest, <laughs> right? They all <laughs> offer $5 million cover. Yep. I'm happy days. And tax, ah, my accountants got it, Yeah, right? So I look at all of these things and like, what am I missing as a business owner of going, hey, like you actually don't know these things enough just to tick a box and pay on a credit card for some of these things or just like transfer into different super accounts. Like what's the missing piece here? Uh, look, the missing piece here is, um, look, as part of the employee retention pr uh, program these days, most of the employees are taking an active role uh, in helping the employees pick the right structures, um, pick the right level of insurances. Uh, they're looking at holistic um, uh, look at the, their own financial situation, um, whether it be investment management, financial planning, tax planning and estate planning. Um, and, and what often it comes down to is setting that financial goals for yourself and your business um, so you feel confident that your future plans are achievable, you're on track on achieving your goals. Uh, and look, advisor, this is where an advisor can help you put uh, the right strategies in place and set some more, more realistic goals. Is it common, and I really want to understand this, for the financial planner to take a position of working with the other people on what I'll call the wealth team? So I imagine it's common for you to work with, for example, an accountant. But is it common for you to also work with like an insurance broker in this state here or even a mortgage broker? Absolutely. Do that all come to play? Yeah, massively, Charlie. Um, look, um, it, it all forms part of your wealth building team, if you like. Now, a financial planner plays a huge part in that wealth team. It's, it's a, comprehens a comprehensive service focused, taking a holistic look at clients' financial picture, which would include that part of what are you paying on your mortgage? What does that look like? Now, you've got to be careful because a financial planner can't step into the part of the credit advice 
So there's there's fine lines there that you can't cross with the mortgage side or the, from the credit advice point of view. But at the same token, um, you can't uh, do much the same in the tax side because whilst you do a little bit of tax planning side, uh, you can't be giving tax advice, but you do work around with a bunch of team of people to help um, better that client's situation or, or perhaps that business. Oh, I want to jump in on a further one here. I, I like a lot about what you're saying there and the idea that perhaps the mortgage broker, accountant and yourself in this example, Ray, would be working together to achieve a better result for the business owner. However, I've never had an accountant or a mortgage broker recommend, hey, we need to bring a financial planner in and kind of conduct a team meeting or have a liaising of parts to have that be so. Mm. Whose responsibility is it to do that? Is this on the business owner to go and find the financial planner and draw that together? Should the accountant be making that recommendation? And I use that word sparingly because <laughs> it seems apparently not. But I, I would suspect if I did a survey of everyone who listens to this podcast, not one of them would have had that circumstance actually happen. So is this on the business owner to stand up and say, hey, this is what I want? Um, no, absolutely not. It's actually the responsibility of the person that you're working with. Um, uh, and I'll give you an example of it because uh, one of the mortgage brokers we used to work with, um, he would take an active role in their client's situation going, Mr. Client of given you this large level of debt, but let me also give you an opportunity to how do you protect this uh, debt. So in the event an unforeseen circumstances was to occur, we want to make sure that your family is protected. This is something I have lost sleep over personally. Yep. I um, I run a substantial business that uh, my wife, Bianca, yep. would not be able to run if I passed. Correct. She couldn't step into this role and, you know, take on what I do on a day-to-day. Yep. Second to that, I have a lot of property debt. Yep. Like it's no surprise here that I've mentioned on the show before, but even currently I'm like I'm well over $3 million in property debt across the portfolio. And I would hate like the thing that would uh, absolutely be the end. If something was to happen to me and then she walked into that burden, that's practically life-crushing stuff. Absolutely. And look, losing someone personally is is hard enough, but having the financial burden on top of that, it it just breaks a person. And over, the, over my working life, look, I've definitely seen those situations with our customers where they didn't have those right insurance planning in place. They didn't have those right estate planning in place, which has absolutely crushed the um, surviving spouse. Oh, that's um, practically the story of what happened to my father. I mean, he didn't pass away, which we were very fortunate from, mm. but he did not have adequate insurances in place mm. when he had a workplace accident. Yep. And a completely destroyed his business. So that risk mitigation point on that front, and I suspect many business owners who even listen to this show, like that's one of the crucial areas I'm like now learning a really a a quality financial planner can offer. It's not just growing your wealth, it's making sure that you don't destroy it through unfortunate circumstance. Absolutely. It's just about, it's it's just a hand goes hand in hand with creating world. Whilst you're creating world, you've got to also protect your world. You've got to have that safety in it to catch you should something go wrong. And to your earlier point, Charlie, this is where the accountants and mortgage brokers and um, lawyers take an active part in speaking and working with um, with financial planners to ensure um, that any part of that advice where they can't give financial advice or structure advice, they normally refer to um, to a financial planner. So as an example, where an accountant would have a look at someone's super, most, most of the common theme is the account client will sit down in front of an accountant and go, hey, I don't know what to do with my super. It hasn't been making money. I don't know what insurances I've got in there. So rather than an accountant not addressing their part, they should be working with financial planners to, to address those oh, issues. Can I share what I do? Yep. I badmouth the super industry. That's what I do. So I figure it's just easier to go, super's a scam. I'm not, this is ridiculous. 
Grant, a similar strategy adopted for you, I believe. <laughs> I, I, I tried to read 400 page documents. And he's like, page 10. I'm like, nah, the industry's rigged. Yeah, do you know what? Do not this is easier to make more money. That's my insurance. <laughs> as a business owner, I find, I find it so easy to take the approach I'm not going to rely on the government to look after me. Yeah. And because is I that- view a super as a government incentive, I'm just like, not happening. Yeah. I refuse, absolutely refuse. But it's hard to argue with the incentive structure that is set up around super. And I won't comment on the specifics. One, because I'm not qualified to give financial advice, but two, because I don't think I truly understand them at yeah. the level uh, that is there. Uh, but Grant, I'll, I'll hand over to you. I've been a bit of a question hog so far. No, no, where no, do you no. want to take I, this from? I actually like where this is going because uh, like, there are still some gaps for me in this, right? So Seven. imagine that for myself, so I've got accountants, I've got mortgage brokers, I've got all this team kind of in place, which Charlie, you and I, we've built wealth quite substantially through the current team that's been in place and knock on wood, nothing's happened. And I haven't had to go back to an insurance claim to say, hey, like I, I need this thing. My super, sure, it's lost money here and there, but it's gained money here and there. I'm like, well, that hasn't triggered and sort of I haven't had these inverse in events happen. And so is the play moving forwards that's great, we jump on calls together with the accountant, with the mortgage broker, or do I do I talk to you, Ray, and then I need to take your information insights and say that to an accountant and say, hey, this is what Ray says. Let's go <laughs> and do this. Or like, how does that work together? Because I, I see this as you are almost the one that's the, like the talking to the business owner, which is why it's called like a, a financial advisor, in order for them to say, hey, this is what you should be thinking about. This is how you should approach it. And then what happens? Do you go out and find insurance? Do you talk to the accountant? Do you do all these things for me? Or do I have to take your information and do it myself? Spot on, Charlie. Look, um, think of me as a concierge, if you like. So what I'm effectively doing is taking your personal information and going, right, um, uh, uh, Grant, this is what I can help you with in terms of your super. This is what I can do with in terms of insurance. This is what I can do in, in terms of tax. I can see that you might be paying a little bit extra on the mortgage repayment side. And I'd, uh, I, this is where I'd sort of tag on to your, uh, to your mortgage broker um, and go, hey, Anthony, do you think the client's paying a little bit uh, extra? Grant's paying a little bit extra here. Could we perhaps save an extra percent? And that extra percent would mean on a million dollars, $10,000. Could we use that perhaps there towards their strategy, towards their superannuation? and help them mitigate their tax by making contributions in super or perhaps help them address the insurance situation with that savings that we've made. Uh, now, if you compound that $10,000 saving over a period of time, that's a large amount of money. So we become that part of the concierge service that will tack on to your accountants and your mortgage brokers. You know, you know what's funny, Charlie? This is how, like, the way I have done this is by reading a boatload of books and doing a whole heap of education <laughs> just for myself to essentially do those things because, right, like, no one really sort of educates you around mm. it. So I sit there and I'm just like... Uh, I mean, there's someone that does these things that I actually thought was, as a, as a business owner, focusing in on my wealth, I thought it was on me to go and double check mm. these things. Do you not think yep. that's the bias of business owners though? Yeah. That's how we approach business. Like I wouldn't mm. expect there to be someone else uh, you'd say, oh, yeah, cool, you're going to build my business for me. It's like, uh, no, I'll probably take responsibility for that. But I, I do find this fascinating. The trigger for me in more recent times has been the idea of like it was actually having kids. Because I look at it now and go, like, I don't like the risk stacking on myself here. We're yeah. going, like, this is all on uh, me to use the phrases. Like, I got to, if, if I'm wrong, the consequences are too severe. Mm. So I think that's probably an interesting trigger for a lot of people in itself. Now, yeah. I am going to jump into another question we've got here, though, Ray, because like this is so. becoming a very, very interesting uh, unpack. 
And it's like, if someone is to work with a financial planner, and you may say it's different in different circumstances, but I'd love to know how this is specific for someone like yourself and just what else exists. How do the fee structures work? When we work with a mortgage broker, we know they get commissions from the banks. Accountants have annual fees. Where does this fit into the equation for financial planners? So financial uh, financial planners work fee for service. Um, so uh, whilst uh, advisors do get commissions, perhaps from insurances or um, uh, or, um, or, no, or perhaps an ongoing commission from insurances, so they do get remunerated uh, from the insurance side. Uh, but they also um, charge an upfront fee in, in terms of the level of work they're sort of doing. So it will it will purely be uh, around the fee for service basis. Now the level of work that's required uh, will determine your fees. Um, if there is an intense level of work in regards to the people that you're working with, the number of funds under management, it could be it could be a variety of other factors. Uh, so, but most of our um, business owner clients have um, what we've seen is they uh, pay on average around two thousand to two thousand five hundred dollars. So comparable to yep. accounting fees, actually, might even be slight. I yep. think it's less than my accounting fees, or substantially <laughs> less these days. Now, yep. one of the ones I want to throw in on this is my understanding is that property is not a financial product. That if people are investing in property, it's something that kind of sits in a different tier. And then my second understanding of that is that the financial planning industry often can't give advice around property because of that, or they just flat out go against it and recommend other things. Mm. What's is that? Well, is that a true statement or not? And where do you stand on it? It, 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 is, it isn't a true statement. Look, we certainly can't give advice on property because we again we don't have a real estate license. And that's what it sort of comes down to. Uh, most advisors don't have a real estate license. Um, I Again, I have love for properties. Um, I've got investment properties myself, so I can't say that I don't like properties. There is a place for it. Uh, but again, um, when, when I look at the property, most people love property because it's a tangible asset. Um, That's me. You nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> I can see it. I can touch it. I can feel do, it. Do you know what's funny about uh, that, though? Never been to a single one of my investment properties, so it might as well it might as well be a piece of paper. I've never yes. touched them. <laughs> yeah, um, but we we do tend to use variety of other structures um, uh, other than property just to just to um, provide the tax benefit to the customers. Look again, not against property at all. Um, I, I think property's definitely got its place there. Uh, awesome. I, I love this. I am. Um, I'm curious. Is the should people look at financial advisors? as a risk mitigation or more like a gain? Because this is one thing that's sort of playing in the back of my mind because I get insurance is risk mitigation, right? Superannuation yep. is planning for the future, which is, hey, like when I Build hit world. 60, 65, like retire, great. Yep. Now I've got like a little bit of a safety net and happy days. Like it, from what you've been saying around sort of things that you specialize in, it sounds like it's a bit of that and then planning for the future or should we also think of it like a gain game which is great like we can think about growth we can think about investing here and there or is it more just trying to put like nest eggs away hey you've got this money like let's go and do this strategy for estate planning and things like that Hmm. uh great great question it's it's both it's to build wealth and create wealth so um uh, and protect wealth really because i'll take all three i'll have all three. (laughs) good with that So early on part of your life when you're building and working um, throughout your 30s, 40s and 50s, you are basically creating wealth. You're squealing away money for your retirement at the same token. You're also sort of trying to add on assets, whether it be in the form of property or savings or what have you. Um, And underneath that, you've got these insurance structure strategies in place. So should something happen, that they will catch you and there's no financial consequence to your family or to your kids 
in the event that you're not here today. I like that. And I'm going to put in one more question <laughs> just because I can, totally because I can. Um, so I'm curious, right? What happens if I disagree? Because I, I, to Charlie's point before, like a lot of financial advisors might not refer to property, but they want me to invest my money. So they might say, hey, shares and things like that. And this has been one of my cautions because yeah. I want people around me who are going to advise me for the best returns and the greatest things. So yeah. I know thanks to Full Stack Business Owner Podcast and some people that we've, that Charlie, you and I listen to quite intently, that I have some preconceived opinions around different assets. Like is that, how do you, how do you perceive that? Is it what a financial planner says kind of goes or is this something that is like great we're willing to adapt into other strategies for the greater growth well this is spicy are you asking (laughs) is this a commodity where financial planners offer a lot of the same advice but then or is it like chefs where it's like they've all got their different flavors and styles exactly where i'm going to because i don't don't want to sit there and pay someone for advice that i sit there and say thanks for the advice no (laughs) yeah (laughs) like I, I, i want to sit there and say like hey what are the best vessels for us to grow with? And I'm just curious because yeah. that's been one of my sort of pushbacks of going, I'm pretty good at this game, but I do yeah. I, I don't I do want someone to check against, yeah. but I don't want to push back against them because that makes no sense. Hundred percent government bonds grant. That's what <laughs> <laughs> I'll get my three percent interest. All right, let's yeah. have Ray answer. <laughs> Too much shit talk from us. Okay. <laughs> so th- think of a financial planner as your sounding board. Um, and look, um it Property has definitely got a play into that space. So it, what it boils down to is your personal goals and objectives and where do you see yourself investing money and, and where do you see yourself um, where your personal growth is going to come out. So we, we, we do work with property um, all the time. We, we do refer people for um, to property advisors all the time. So there is definitely a room and a play for advisors to not only um, – seek a better outcome for the client using property but also other vessels so it's, it's a it's, it's a merit of assets that we look at not just superannuation investments insurances and to your point charlie bonds okay all right so, so to go deeper than that if i went to 10 financial planners let's pretend variety of states yep. how different would the advice yep. be that i get between mm-hmm. the 10 is like because It'd be very different. Interesting. Yeah. So this is the chef thing. Because my understanding is yeah. like ASIC is the governing body here and like they've got rules, so to speak, that financial yeah. planners have to adhere to. Just like I imagine chefs yeah. probably shouldn't give people uh, food poisoning, right? There's probably like hygiene standards <laughs> they should adhere to. But to yeah. that point is like I just really, again, want to un- understand the difference here is like what would be some differences to look for in a financial mm-hmm. planner to see if one is particularly more suited to myself or to Grant yeah. or, or where does that sit? Love that. Uh, <laughs> guys, what it comes down to is the skill set. Um, the big thing um, that I would uh, encourage people to do is look at their qualifications what do they work in? What have they specialized in before? Uh, what is the experiences around estate planning, tax planning, financial planning? Can they provide you a holistic look at uh, the, your situation? Oh, can I suppose you um, that? So those I'd love are, to ask some pointy sure. ones. Is business sure. owner and non-business owner a good qualification? So, like, the idea is, like, uh, I, I believe business owners are different to employees. Not better, different. 100%. Um, yeah. Are financial planners more suited to work with business owners or non-business owners? Would that be one of the key things I would look for? Yep, yep, so, and, and that would be a big part of it. So have they got prior experience working with business owners? 
And I think that's the key aspect of it because they need to understand their aspirations, not only from the personal point of view, but also what they want for their business. And most of the times, um, that aspiration, personal aspiration they've got will also carry through in their business. Next one on this list here, because uh, I actually have a few to understand. If you're someone who's going to inherit a large amount of money versus not, like I, I've built from scratch and I, I believe, Grant, you're in the same uh, boat here. I'm not waiting on millions from mum and dad. Would that play a role in how things are going to get passed to you or is that something to consider? Is someone that has kids and wants to pass things to kids in a certain way another factor? Like is there anything else? Even income level is like a high income earner, financial planner, different to someone who deals with someone on average incomes. Sorry, Charlie, repeat that question. I will repeat this one here. I think it was a a very low question. Don't load you too hard. All right. So (laughs) I'll go with this one here because I think this is the most prominent. Um, So we've said that business owners versus non-business owners or employees, like likely you want to work with a financial planner that has experience with business owners. What about income level? If you're someone who makes a million dollars a year, is the financial advice you would want to get different than someone who makes $100,000 a year? Absolutely. Um, your tax planning will be completely different from you earning a million dollars to to perhaps you earning a hundred thousand um, dollars. You're looking at tax structurings in a different way. You're looking at uh, investments in a different way. You're looking at uh, insurances in a different way. So every aspect of that uh, nurturing piece or the um, the advice piece will change based on the income that you do have. And then the next one I kind of slammed in there just to be a little bit more. It's actually I did a poor <laughs> job of asking that question, Ray. So I apologise for that. What if, we're right. talking about estate planning now, and I've mentioned the idea like if someone has a wealthy family and things are going to get passed to them, yep. and in conjunction with maybe they've built some wealth and want to pass it on to their kids, um, would yep. that play a role, the differences the financial planner someone would want to use? Absolutely. First thing first you would look at is going, how is that wealth being passed on? Is that passed via insurances? Is that passed via um, uh, perhaps a property? Because there's taxes involved on those part of the benefits. So, so like I gave you an example earlier, if that was an insurance payout um, to the son or the daughter and they're over the age of 20, that there'd be a complete different tax ruling if they're under the age of 18 or um, is it going to spouses, going to ex-partner. So the estate planning piece will will, will play a massive role in, uh, on tax minimization strategies um, and, and how, how, does the, how, how does the assets get distributed. Okay. And then last one before, I know I'm being a hog, but I really want to know this. Have I missed any? Yeah. So I've mentioned the idea if you're going to use a financial planner, business owner, income level, and then also, let's say, uh, estate planning uh, reasons. Is there any other factors yep. in that would have someone decide if a financial planner is the right one for them or not for them? For estate planning, specifically for businesses, look, buy-sell agreement is a, another big consideration in partnership or equity in a business. It is very important for a business owners. The death of a key person or partner could potentially destroy a business or force remaining partners to sell if an agreement is not Can in Can you use an example of that? Certainly. So, if I if um, if if I was to pass away today, and um, uh, my partner Ricky um, was to acquire the asset, he has to pay my wife out. Now, he doesn't necessarily want my wife has got no financial planning experience to be sitting in the office and providing advice. Yeah. Or dictating the terms of the business. Yeah, I actually went through that. I had a business partner who were one thirds each who passed away, uh, and so all of his equity actually went to his wife. As so his wife is currently operating that that organization. Um, just because you yeah. wanted to sort of continue it on in legacy, which uh, yeah, so yeah. I've, I've been through that. That was that was quite smooth, but yeah, I, I could see how that could get really bad. Completely, 
Like Absolutely. imagine if you're a surgeon, right? And you like, if you have a series of vending machines or a laundry mat, maybe it could work, right? If it's a, let's say a low <laughs> tech or a low touch business. But if you're someone with specialized yep. knowledge um, and like a heart surgeon, not sure you want your partner jumping in unless they were had experience or qualified in the next ones. Correct. I am. I do have a couple of questions and I'm going to piggyback off on that, Charlie, because I think this, I think this is one, well, these are all self-serving questions that help me, but I'm sure sort of other analytical human beings uh, or business owners that are listening to this probably relate to it. The Australian Financial Services Licence number, like are there different types of like licences? Because one of the sort of the views that I've had or the biases that I've had is, okay, great, there are different types of licences, which means if you have one out of X amount of licences, you have a hammer and everything starts looking like a nail, right? Should we be looking out for (laughs) different types of licences, a multitude of licences, things like that? Grant, you should only buy property off Uh, the plan, right? (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) Oh, it's getting spicy. Just just (laughs) apartments in CBDs, Charlie, that's all it is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, guys, to answer that question, yes, absolutely, there's different um, type of licenses, but I think it'd be very hard for a consumer to or a business owner to go um, that I'm looking for this specific license. Um, I would go back to the earlier point we talked about, uh, looking for the individual experiences of that advisor uh, and where they can give you advice on it and does that suit your needs uh, and do they have the expertise to provide advice on that side rather than looking for the AFSL. Um, yes, granted, there are AFSLs that will uh, grant you to do certain things, Um but as a business owner, if I was seeking advice, I would look for the individual experience uh, from a planner. Oh, how I, how I love this <laughs> this episode. Uh, I have got a thousand ideas, Charlie, of other episodes for us to ask Ray many, many more questions because I know that this could have gone on for a very long period of time. Do you know the episode I want to make? I want to make an episode which is like Ray, after he's had like two glasses of scotch, oh, just telling us the stories <laughs> of massive mistakes that business owners have made and the carnage he's had to fix. But you know you know what's funny? Like I, I reckon we do need to do an episode on that because just the stories will actually show people uh, situations that they've just never thought of before and just go, oh, that can happen. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No worries. Like, <laughs> I need to think about this. Um, but for anyone who's listening to this and saying, oh, wow, now I actually understand how sort of a financial planner fits within sort of the wealth creation team that is myself as a business owner or myself as a business, and you do want to get in contact with Ray or the Riker Capital team, you can book a call. Just head over to fullstackbusinessowner.com forward slash partners. Click on Ray's pretty face or Riker Capital, uh, put in your details, and we'll get an introduction sent straight over to you. Uh, I just want to say thank you very much for your time, Ray. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the episode today. And for anyone who's listening, if you want to join in on the conversation and ask questions or dive a little bit deeper, or you do have actually questions that you would like us to pass on to Ray and bring up in future episodes, head over to Facebook and join the Full Stack Business Owner Community Facebook group, where we will help pick up anything that you do ask and be sure to subscribe, share it with anyone else who also has asked you questions around what is it that a financial planner actually does? Because I think this is a great introduction to it. And I just want to say thank you again for joining us. And we look forward to catching you on the next episode of Full Stack Business Owner.